Flooding is the most common natural disaster in the United States, according to Homeland Security statistics. But in Atlantic City, tidal flooding is becoming a regular problem, and some schools end up being inaccessible and thus closed due to the high water. Hello, I'm Chris Lay, the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises. And in this episode of Behind the Headlines, our host, Terry Barr, is talking with Joe Martucci, a meteorologist with the Press of Atlantic City in Pleasantville, New Jersey. Joe recently collaborated with Climate Central to dig into its data for a series of reports focused on the rise in tidal flooding. His work led him to talk with city leaders and lawmakers about how they were looking to fix the issue before it's too late. Here's Terry Barr going Behind the Headlines with Joe Martucci. Thanks, Chris, for that great introduction. And yes, Joe Martucci, meteorologist with the Press of Atlantic City, is here with me. I'm your host, Terry Barr. Really important issue that uh, Joe has been following in the Atlantic City area. Joe, I want to ask you right away, you know, you started looking into the idea and the issue of flooding and how it's actually impacting schools and businesses, even transportation in the area. What do you think surprised you as you were finding out more about this? Yeah, and you know, thanks, Terry, for the introduction. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's it's a great first question. I think what, and I might not answer the question directly, but I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this in a way that, from my personal experience. The, the thing that, that surprises me the most is how much people just live with the coastal flooding in Atlantic City. Now, that's nothing new to me working at the press of Atlantic City. But before I was at the press of Atlantic City, I knew about coastal flooding. You know, I know, you know, in the weather world, you get your coastal flood advisories, your coastal flood warnings. But to see how often it happens in Atlantic City, to see exactly how wide of an impact it has, but also at the same time, how people are just kind of just living with it or okay with it, I think surprised me um, the most. And we're trying to dig into this with this series that we've been doing, you know, and hopefully we're, we're changing some people's minds about, Hey, it doesn't have to be like this, or, Hey, it is going to get, you know, somewhat worse. And this is what maybe we can do to solve it. Wow. I, I mean, this is a, <laughs> not to say a deep issue, but I mean, with the flooding, it's a little bit scary, too, I would think. You call it coastal or tidal flooding. Yeah. What is that? How is that different from, you know, what we would see as regular flooding? Yeah, it, you know, another great question. Um, you know, so tidal flooding is, is saltwater flooding caused by some combination of the winds and the moon phase and storms nearby. Now, for anyone who's listening that lives, you know, away from a coastline, you're thinking of your flooding from rain. You know, sometimes you get a lot of rain and it backs up sewers and, and drainage systems or your river flooding. The thing that I like to tell people all the time about coastal flooding is that rain has really nothing to do with this. It could be a sunny day with an onshore wind and a strong onshore wind and you're, you know, you're around the full moon, bam, you have your coastal flooding. So it's it's different, and coastal flooding is salt water intrusion. It's not good for your car. It corrodes your car if you're going to drive through it a lot, and you, know, you don't want to go through it. So I've seen people. I've actually had to help get people stuck or unstuck oh. from 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 uh, water in Atlantic City before. So that that is the difference. And you know, if you go to our website pressvc.com/slash/weather, um, you type in the search, you type in um, coastal flooding ingredients, you'll see an explainer video that I have on it. Yeah, I think everybody just should a little plug. 
Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> you know, um, when I was reading these articles and I, I love how you kind of divided these into schools, businesses, transportation, I was so surprised to read about the schools that seven of 11 Atlantic City public schools flood once a year. Yeah. What what happens? How do people deal with this? Yeah, you know, it's again, this goes back to the surprising part, right? You know, yeah. people are just kind of okay with this. So, you know, I really just to dive into this data, we worked with Climate Central. They're a nonprofit um, group that deals with talking about, you know, um, climate change and doing research. And they have a heavy focus on working with people like me who are in um, journalism on this. So, and they're based in New Jersey. I don't know if I said that before, but anyway, that helps because, you know, they're familiar with us. I'm familiar with the area, I've been to their office. So anyway, you know, when, when it comes to this, you know, what can happen sometimes if it's really bad is you get a delayed opening or early closing, if it's that bad. A lot of times what's happening is that, you know, the water's getting into the parking lots. And now, you know, some people might still choose to park there. It's not like we're talking about seven feet of water, but it's still enough to be a nuisance. And that's the key to this whole series. We're not talking so much about the Superstorm Sandys and right. your large, powerful nor'easters. We're talking about your nuisance flooding that might happen two dozen times a year. Um, you know, so it's something... You know, people, um, whether it's, you know, buses taking alternate routes or, you know, we, we've talked to people who send their kids, you know, with a pair of boots and a pair of sneakers because they have to change when they get to school. You know, it's those kind of, again, nuisance things oh. that in a number of towns, they don't deal with it or they might be, they meaning they're saying, hey, we don't want to deal with this. So we're going to do this. Right. In Atlantic City, there have been steps to do this, but there are always better efforts and there are some towns along the Jersey shore that do, you know, a, a, a good job of mitigating against this. So the residents there obviously know how to deal with this and it's part of life, I guess, is, is how you're making it sound. But when you are doing these reports, what kind of reaction are you getting from your readers? And, and if you're out talking to people, you know, the reaction from readers has been, you know, generally sharing their own stories, you know, hey, I read that, that you, you know, were writing about this, hey, I had something similar, you know, when it comes to the sea level rise and the projections outward, you know, you're, there's a segment of people who question the validity of the data um, that comes through and say, you know, flooding's never been, you know, it's never, I've never seen it been any worse over time. And there's a number of different ways to answer that question. So, you know, I'll be very brief and I'll answer it in two different ways here. Sometimes what I'll tell people is, well, you know, you might not be seeing as much flooding because your town is doing more about it. Right. So and, and that might not always be true in Atlantic City. Sometimes it is. But that's also something in Atlantic City. I will say one thing that they did is they opened up. It's called the Baltic Avenue Canal. It was built in the early 1900s to reduce flooding. It closed for a number of years, like I'm talking decades, and then it opened back up three years ago. That has helped. So you're going to see less coastal flooding as a result. That's the fascinating. Second thing, and this dives into the larger, you know, climate change isn't a religion. You don't believe in it or not. There are facts and what you choose to do about it or where your beliefs come in. So there needs to be a separation of the data and the forecast and what is chosen to be done about it. And I think that's important because you can say, 
yes, I understand that, you know, there's a, and I'm not going to get the exact number right, but you know, there's a 83% chance because, and I know 83 for a fact, because we use that from a Rutgers report, but anyway, 83% chance that sea levels are going to rise three feet by 2100. But you could say either, eh, we're going to deal with it later, or it's just going to have to be a part of life and people are going to have to leave the city or the shore. That's your belief. You know, that, that's not for me to tell you. My, my job in these stories is to tell you the, the stories of the people who are going through it now and, you know, what some ideas on the table are or what has been done about it. And for me, I love the coasts, but not living on the coast. Some of what we're talking about sounds a little frightening to me. You know, when you say in, in, in some time that it could rise by three feet, that's a lot. Yeah, you know, it, it's a lot. I'm going to try to pull up this number as I'm, as I'm chatting with you here, okay. just so I have it right. But, you know, it's interesting that, that you say that. And I, Terry, I don't, I, I don't know exactly where you lived or where you haven't lived. Have you ever lived by an ocean before? I know you're in Wisconsin now. <laughs> um, no, all of my travels have basically led me throughout the Midwest and down to the South. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. and, and I asked that not, not in a, not in a, not in a way to, to put you down, but I, I say that in a way because at the, in New Jersey, you know, the Jersey shore is very valuable. Oh, yeah. Extremely valuable. You know, homes regularly go for a million plus. Um, some towns, homes regularly go for 3 million plus. We have decided as a society that the benefits of the shore, the fun, the beach, the sand has outweighed the downfalls that come with this. And I have this number for you now. There's an 83% chance, and I, I said I said uh, three feet, 83% chance that we're going to rise up 2.3 feet by 2100. So what do you do about it? And that again, that's what we're trying to explore. I'm not person, me, Joe Martucci is not telling you what to do about it, but we are talking to people who, politicians, you know, just people who have lived around for a while just to see what their thoughts are on it. Yeah. Okay, so about the schools, yeah. Lots of old schools, obviously. And if they're being impacted yeah. by flooding constantly, that's got to be um, some issues to the structure and the solidness of the schools. And I'm even thinking, you said parking lots. I'm thinking then the sports fields are being flooded. Mm -hmm. What are they talking about? Uh, you can't necessarily go and build a whole bunch of new schools, but um, do they have any answers or ideas to try to help these old buildings last. Yeah, you know, one of the things we wrote about in our education piece was that um, uh, U.S. Representative Donald Norcross um, said uh, was introducing a bill that would provide um, $130 billion for schools targeted at those most in need. Atlantic City would be included on that. That bill stalled, but in the Build Back Better Act, it included $82 billion for repairing and modernizing public school infrastructure. So you would think that some of that is going there. Um, you're right. There are places, there are schools that, you know, have been around for 100 years and, you know, they're not going to rebuild them. Um, you know, Atlantic City, you know, that you would have to get all kinds of permits and, you know, all that uh, government stuff to make it happen, you know, but it's things like, you know, is it raising roads in certain areas? Is it, you know, trying to build bigger storm barriers? One of the things that the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection um, has in their plans, and it's not a definite that's going to come to fruition, but if it did, was they would build kind of a, 
a large barrier across one of the main thoroughfares between the shore and the mainland, you know, along a back bay. So a bay that's on the, the western side. So you have the ocean in the east that's on the western side of the city. That would help to mitigate coastal flooding. So, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, you, you can't just raise a school. It's a little <laughs> different than raising a, a um, you know, a house. But right. there things that are being done on the local, state, you know, federal level that could mitigate coastal flooding in Atlantic City in the decades to come. And don't get me wrong, it's not like the city hasn't done anything. There have been things. There's a seawall that's on one side of town here. Um, you know, there's plans and it's going to happen. It's going to, one of the roads that goes into Atlantic City, one of the major roads, Route 40, is going to get raised. Those are all good things, you know, but more is going to have to be done if you feel like this is an issue that needs to be addressed. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? It always is. Mm, wow. Okay. So what is next as far as your coverage as a meteorologist? What What are you trying to do next on this story? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to continue our partnership with Climate Central. I should say we actually, our series did win a New Jersey Press Association Award uh, ah. for Best Specialty Writing. Well-deserved, Joe. Thank you. It's not just me. It's Buzz Keough, who's our executive editor. It's Gail Wilson, our presentation editor, Climate Central. But we're going to focus on um, seniors. That is going to be our next project. We already have some data in the works. We're looking at where seniors are most concentrated in Atlantic City and plotting projections of floods over them. Now, this one, we may actually take a, I think we're going to take a slightly different route. We're going to look more at the big storms rather than your nuisance flooding, but that's what's next in this series. Okay. And, and if anybody who's listening wants to read your stories, and again, you've already done three different parts, uh, where, where again can they go to find these stories? Yeah. So you can go to uh, pressofac.com. Um, you know, you can go follow me on social media. Um, you know, it's you can go to my link tree, link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E.com slash Joe Mart, or excuse me, M-A-R-T-W-X. So linktree.com slash Joe Mart W-X. If I could, Terry, uh, I, I just want to plug one more thing in. Um, you know, we have a lead weather team now. We have meteorologists in Richmond, Tulsa, one cover in the Midwest, including your area and me in Atlantic City. We just got top of the line, state-of-the-art weather graphic system. Uh, this is extremely, extremely great news. Um, so we're doing forecasts. We're doing explainer videos. All of that can be found at um, you know any of our sites. Uh, in our case, it's pressofac.com slash weather. That is great. And... I, I think we are realizing, you know, being faced with these kinds of things, just how important weather information is for all of us. When you're watching, you know, the South get uh, hit by tornadoes, it seems day after day, we haven't had a lot of snow in the Midwest, which is odd. And then talking to you about flooding, there's just so much that we can all learn by uh, paying attention to these things. Absolutely. If you want snow, come to the shore because we were crushing it with snow this winter. We <laughs> yes, had... yes. I was watching a lot of that and thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was our year. It was our year for snow. I loved it. It was a great winter. Looking forward to uh, some warmer days. You know, once it gets past like March 15th, I'm ready for 70s. I'm, I can put winter. I like winter. I'm done with it on March 15th. Good for you. And I'm, I'm right there with you too. So awesome. uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise. And uh, wow, this has been a terrific 
discussion and you, you've revealed a lot more than even what we were able to read in the articles. So thanks so much for that, Joe. Oh, thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me on and thanks to everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Great. And again, Joe Martucci, he's a meteorologist with the Press of Atlantic City. And I'm Terry Barr. Thank you for listening. As you heard, Joe is uncovering new ways to share this important story and plans to continue asking about solutions to combat the flooding. We will include links to his articles from the Press of Atlantic City in the show notes. If you appreciate what we are doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism and support the Press of Atlantic City or whichever newspaper it is that serves your community. I'm Chris Lay, and for Terry Barr and myself, thank you so much for listening to Behind the Headlines from Lee Enterprises.